Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2246. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Cape Coral, Florida, with a very special guest by the name of Sharon Sperlin. Sharon, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Oh, you bet. We're going to have some fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, and we talk about your world in the car world, the media world, what's one little thing that people may not know about Sharon Sperlin? I have a slightly naughty sense of humor and love a good joke. <laughs> There you go. Do you have a good joke you could share that is family friendly or or shall we move on to the rest of you do? Okay, go ahead. I have a couple, but you know, I'll I'll try one on you and see if you like it. They're all car jokes because they have to be car jokes. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So her husband was in ecstasy with a huge smile on his face as his wife moved forwards, then backwards, forwards, then backwards again, back and forth, back and forth, in and out and in and out was going on 20 minutes at this point. Her heart was pounding. Her face was flushed. Then she moaned softly at first, then began to groan louder. Finally, totally exhausted, she shouted, Okay, okay, I can't park this damn car. You do it, you smug bastard. (laughs) You had me going there for a minute. I'm a little flushed. (laughs) That's pretty good. I like that. I'll have to remember that one. (laughs) Very nicely done. Nice way to break the ice here today. (laughs) You're funny. Well, I'm going to give you my other auxiliary joke in case you don't like that one and think it's too risque. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Two birds were flying along, Mama Bird and and her her young son. And the little boy had to go to the bathroom and he's looking down and he's like, Mom, I I don't see any cars. And she's like, oh, you got to hold it. (laughs) Yeah, we all know about that one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I'm convinced those birds they look for, and they look for the nicest cars. They they don't look for the crummy cars. Right. Yeah, the nice cars. Well, nice way to put a smile on her face uh, today, Sharon. I appreciate you sharing those. I, I don't, I'm trying to think back with my all my guests, if anybody's told a joke at the beginning. I don't think so. Uh, I did have a British guest who sang the British birthday song. It was his birthday the day we did his show, and it, it was kind <laughs> of a, if you've ever heard the British birthday song, it's kind of funny, no. but uh, I think this might be a first, so nicely done, my friend. Very cool. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. Sharon Sperlin is the owner of Classic Ads, a full-service sales and advertising agency. She provides sales, creative design, production to final PDF file, invoicing, and collections for media outlets in the classic car world, as well as a variety of other industries. Sharon has been a part of the classic car media business since 1989, and she's a publisher of Automobilia Resource Magazine, a publication that launched in 2018 that focuses on the collector car world of automotive memorabilia. Pretty much everybody listening today knows what that means. Sharon enjoys driving her Mini Cooper, much of the time going far too fast for her husband, Alan's comfort. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love. Keep the seatbelts tight. Keep the grin high. We'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. 
way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around. I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. So, Sharon, we are back. So we're going to dive a little deeper in the corner, and I want to start off with your business, Classic Ads. This is a company focused around the automotive world and media and something that you've done for quite a while. So talk us through what the company is all about, how you got involved with this, and why you enjoy working in the automotive world. Oh, goodness. (laughs) That's Um, a mouthful. (laughs) That's a big question. You know, it's not complicated. Years ago, I moved to L.A. for no reason other than I wanted to live in California. And one of the the jobs I applied for, I ended up helping a guy sell advertising for Classic and Sports Car Magazine for a year. And he wasn't necessarily great at running a business. And so 10 years later, I thought I might go to England on vacation. And I, I emailed him and said, you know, I'd like to come by and see your offices. I worked for you 10 years ago. And the head of the company, Eric Verdenroe, Verdenroe Airplanes, he remembered me. Oh, wow. Yeah, no kidding. And he was like, get her. <laughs> <laughs> get her. <laughs> I remember Get her. her. Yeah. She was really good at sales, which nice. is, I'm good at sales. So I got the contract for the North American offices of Classic and Sports Car selling their advertising. And I had it for 20 years. It was a lot of fun. Great magazine, great people, enjoyed the hell out of it. I did go to London finally and and meet them all and they they gave us the royal treatment. So that's, that's pretty much the answer. Yeah, how you got involved. Yeah. You know, have you always been in love with cars? Is it, is it, is that one of your passions? You know, it's funny because 
I'm good with cars. I love them, but I actually have always liked the stuff around them better. Uh, the memorabilia. <laughs> yes, I I know. I mean, obviously, the cars are always the stars, but sometimes they're not always accessible. Automobile, you can you can become a collector for pennies, so to speak. You can just start getting old car keys, and it's so easy to be a part of that space. What happened is Marshall Buck came to me and said that the automobile industry was missing its magazine. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, you know, look, we had one. It was called Mobilia. It was from 93 to 98. And it was good, but it's gone. And it's been 20 years and nobody's ever been able to fill the space. Can you do it? I know you published a magazine in Fort Lauderdale. And I was like, no, it's a ton of work. I don't want to know. And he just kept calling and sending <laughs> me magazines. And, and you know, a lot of things lined up. The first thing is, is there's no other publication in that space. Car magazines, there's hundreds of them. But there's no other magazine in the memorabilia space, in the mm-hmm. automotive memorabilia space. And then the other thing is, is I really like that stuff. And, you know, it just kind of, I don't know. I, was, I told my husband, I'm like, maybe I'll just do a logo. And the <laughs> next thing you know, we had a magazine, oh, right? Oh, yeah, be careful where you step. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I still blame Marshall. It's it's all his fault. <laughs> well, you, you listeners remember, Marshall was a guest way back on my show. I've known him for a long, long time. And when you guys put this together, I, we, you and I met. I think we actually first met uh, during Car Week, perhaps, when you guys launched it. Or did, did we meet before? Oh, no. We met. We met at my vendor stand for Classic and Sports Car. That's right. Before then. Yes. Um, I've known you a long time then, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You, and I was always like, why do you want an ad girl on your show? I still have a feeling I'm boring. You uh, know? I'll tell you, listeners, that some of my guests take a long time to persuade to be on this show. And Sharon, I've been dogging her for years and she's always very <laughs> kind and smiles says yes mark we'll do that one day and so i always say i finally got her finally landed her on the boat and here we go but let's talk about this magazine because when you came out with this i smile because i don't think there's anybody in the automotive world or a listener out there on the cars yeah universe that doesn't have at least one little piece of automobilia memorabilia something and if you've got a garage you probably got a lot of pieces of this stuff. So could you walk us through some of the many variety of things and maybe some of the articles? You have some uh, writers that come in and talk in your magazine about specific things. Uh, some of them, many of them, maybe all of them have been guests on this show. But when, when we say the words automobilia, memorabilia, kind of walk us through your guys' definition of that. Yeah, so it's an amalgam, the word, and it's an amalgam of the words automotive and memorabilia. And we'll never ever, could never possibly run out of stuff to write about, to talk about, to expose to everybody out there. There's just so many great things to collect. And it's really all about preserving history. And you're right, we put together and we're very fortunate to have put together a fantastic team of people. Our, our writers are just exceptional and they really know what they're talking about. We have regular columns, we have guest columns, sometimes guest columns become regular columns. And it's Everything and anything, spin disease, pedal cars, model cars, posters, photos. We had a huge two-part story on automotive teapots, the Saddler yeah, 41. that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which they're adorable. And we had one on cookie jars. 
And, you know, they come along and I think, ooh, that'd look really good on the cover. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) yeah. There's so many things. And, you know, one of the things that is cool about collecting, and you mentioned it earlier, if you you can't, let's say you can't even buy your first collector car. You want one, you're saving up, it's going to come someday. But you want some memories to surround yourself. And I've done this. There's cars that I would love to have. I'll never be able to afford. Let's pick the the Grand Poobah uh, Ferrari GTO. But you can buy a model of one. Now you can buy a little 143rd Hot Wheels, if that's all you can manage out of your budget, or you can buy some very nice you mentioned amalgam they make some nice models marshall buck bespoke models i mean his models are incredible he does scratch built models so you can surround yourself with these things you love even though maybe you don't even have a garage you live in an apartment somewhere uh, and you don't have that car it's it's really a huge part and i'll tell you something that amazes me in your magazine is some of the prices that some of these things have become worth and i'll pick one is these porcelain wall hangings that hung on barns and garages across this country for decades some of the prices i just go what it's incredible (laughs) our our last issue 25 we had the musco sign on the cover richmond auction sold that and i i was fortunate enough to tell the story it it hammered at a million three hundred and fifty thousand it you know which means the buyer paid over a million and a half dollars for that sign. And it was a true, it was a true attic sign. There was only very few of them made. And the ones that survived, the guy that took over the building, you know, when they went out of business, he was in like the sewer business. So he made sewer covers out of them. So (laughs) they were all destroyed. So there's just a handful of these signs left in the world. And that's what made it so rare. But I don't think anybody expected that hammer price. It's just absolutely incredible. And a a lot of credit goes to Richmond. I mean, they really marketed it well and made sure that it went to somebody that really would care. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And the other part of this is what's happening right now dynamically with ages, the baby boomers. I am one of those. My kids call me a boomer. I I think it's a term of affection and love. Maybe not. But uh, at any rate, a lot of baby boomers. It's questionable. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, when I'm being honry. A lot of there's a there's a boomer word honry. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people are aging out, and some are passing away. And these collections are being sold to the generations behind us for them to care and preserve. And you said it right, uh, Sharon, these are memories to the past. They're historical documents and items and figures. And there's so many ways to get involved. I'll tell you something. My next door neighbors are not into cars at all. They laugh at me when I'm out washing my car in the rain. And But I started giving them uh, my copy after I would enjoy it of your magazine to them. And my friend's wife, she is enthralled. <laughs> Because she likes to collect little things, and she had no idea that the automotive world of collecting even existed, and has gotten her all hyped up to go back to her family and see who might have some of these things, and she remembers some of these things that her grandparents had that, that have some value. So it's pretty cool what you brought to the marketplace. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a joy, really, to be part of it, and that's what we do. I mean, that's our goal. I think it's more than one edge to the sword, right? But the main thing is to preserve history. If people understand it and have knowledge about what these things are worth and the value, they're going to value them more. Right. 
they're going to be preserved. And it's not just that. It's the hundreds of small business owners that work in this hobby in this space that now have somewhere to go to either have editorial written about them, such as automotive artists, or to advertise. As Marshall said in the beginning, our hobby is missing its media. It's been without a media for 20 years. Do you know what a difference having a magazine over those 20 years would have made in this space? And really the difference that we're making now in the four years we've been here, and we're not even that big. The hobby is expanding so much faster because of that knowledge being out there and being available to people. Oh, absolutely. And I always uh, ask people or suggest to people, you know, caveat emptor in the marketplace, because there's people out there trying to pass things off that aren't what they are. I had an experience years ago where I was at a, uh, we'll we'll call it a jumble. If it had been in Britain, it would have been a jumble, but it was a swap meet, if you will, for car parts. And I found a very cool clock that was supposedly a Rolls-Royce clock that went in a dash it said rolls royce i I thought this would be a neat thing it still worked you wound it up so i bought it put it on my desk and i had it for years and a friend of mine was over and he said what's that and i said oh it's cool it's a rolls and he looked and he said this isn't a rolls royce clock and i went what and he said no this is a fake (laughs) and i'm like oh no and the reason i bring up that story is be careful because sometimes what you see out there, especially even let's say in the eBay world, might not be real. But the great thing about your resource is you can reach out to people that are advertisers or writers in your magazine and get some knowledge so that if you're spending some real money on something, luckily I didn't pay a whole lot for this thing. So I kind of went, well, okay. But uh, if you're spending real money on something and you think you're buying something, uh, again, caveat emptor, be careful. And there's a resource now with Automobile Magazine to find the right people to talk to so that you know you're buying what you think you're buying, especially if you're investing and you consider this as an investment for a return in the future, right? Sure. Although I always say buy what you love. Yes. I mean, (laughs) then whether it's an investment or not, you've enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it's not automotive related, but I love to play pinball and I I bought a pinball machine for $1,900, played the hell out of it for 12 years and sold it for (laughs) $3,400. There you go. You know, that's, you want to buy something that you love. Yes. It's, it's part of the collecting hobby that works, and I'm still mad I sold it. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it's the same for cars. I hear that all the time. But there is an interesting story or an ending story, that little clock that I bought, was that the gentleman who spotted that it wasn't real, he helped me take it apart, and we pulled off the fake cover and it turns out that what it was really out of was an even more rare car. And I ended up selling that to somebody for a lot more than I paid for it. So that was kind of a cool back end ah. story, which I, you would have never expected. And it's not that I bought it to sell it. I bought it because I thought it was neat. And you're right. It sat on my desk. It was kind of cool. Uh, you'd wind it up. It was a little bit noisy, but uh, uh, but it actually worked. And I was shocked that and it was from the 20s. And I was shocked that it still works. So um, from what I understand is back in the dashboard of an older car nowadays. So uh, it's a kind of a fun story. You know, I like to ask people about their driving inspiration, somebody in their world that has been an inspirational or influential person that has really helped them get to where they are. Is there somebody like that in your life, Sharon? Oh, yeah. It's my husband. (laughs) Alan, the guy you scare when you drive? (laughs) Yeah, he's just, he's really smart. His BSO meter is better than anyone I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, cool. I swear he meets somebody and within five minutes, he knows if they're genuine, if they're not, what they're up to. 
I, I've just never seen anybody that operates the way he does. He's, wow. he's got such good radar. And, and he's also, he's not only smart, he's kind, he's funny. And he's just a good leader. I mean, he was a manager in sales. And, you know, part of the reason we get along is because we're both in sales. So, you know, he, he's taught me to work smarter instead of harder. He's got a ton of sayings, which he has taught me a ton. And he really, he helps with the business. I fired him. Even. <laughs> I fired him. <laughs> I, I did. Well, you know, he's older than I am. So he's got social security already. So I'm like, look. We're firing you. I'm making all the money so I can build my social security. Too bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes that works with a spouse. Other times, uh, I think my most famous words from my wife of 38, 39 years uh, this year, uh, one time when trying to convince her to work with me. And she said, I, you're not the boss of me. So I went, okay, this might not work very well. So no. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not a good idea. So, well, you're very fortunate. That's really, that's really wonderful. I love to hear that. I like to ask about challenges. And the important thing about this challenge question is not so much the pain it caused you or even the failure that you might have gone through. It's more about what you learned from it that you can look back now and say, okay, I'm glad I went through that because it taught me a really valuable lesson. Right. If I was going to have advice, it would be to think hard and to consult a lot of people before you start your own business. It's a it's a really big bridge. Um, it owns you more than you own it, and you need to have a really good sense of humor, willing to work for free. <laughs> so it, I think most people think that it's going to be similar to working for somebody else, so that they're going to do all the same things, and they can hire a secretary and assistants and this and that. And it, it it's not. It's a whole different ball game. It's like the difference between playing poker with your family and playing poker in a casino. It's <laughs> it's an entirely different animal. So don't just jump. Talk to people that already are in business. That's my advice. Yeah, there's a lot of great books out there, too, about how to better manage a business and rethink. I've had a lot of people on the show that love something about cars. Let's say they they love to restore cars, and they decided to go into business for themselves. And then they realize very quickly it's a very different situation when you're running all the back end as well as the fun front end. And oh my, oh my, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. No. Uh, This is a lot harder. Yeah, a lot more pain. However, there are rewards. And that's one of the things about all the great people like you, Sharon, I interview here is they figured out a way to do it. The hardest thing is finding good people. Um, Again, we've been very lucky. We have a lot of great writers and we have um, an exceptional amount of people in the back of our house. Lynn, Val, Alicia, Matt, George, and Lisa. They, they're, and they're growing and we're growing and we need more people. So if anybody listening wants to do anything in the publishing world and has some extra time, we just keep growing. So, so do you keep these people locked up in the back of your house? Is that how you're keeping good people? No, I do not <laughs> no, keep okay. these people locked up. And we're, we're all people who have worked from home. I mean, that was our intention always from the beginning. So um, we're all over the country, actually. And several are from my, my mother's hometown, which is a very small town in Illinois, where there's not a lot of good jobs. And I found hiring people from there, they seem to really appreciate having something to do that seems big world, you know, and kind of gets them out of that small town world a little bit. Well, this is the cool thing about 
the way the world works now and COVID really pushed it along is remote workers. And I know so many people now that, in fact, I had a guest on the show last year. They built a, designed to build a supercar in Europe. The entire team had never even physically met each other. Oh, wow. They were from all over the world. Yeah. yeah. And this is like a multi two and a half million dollar supercar they're launching. And none of them had met each other uh, during the two and a half years that they were building this car. So it's a different world and it's exciting because it opens up opportunities and enables people to go and live places that maybe they can't afford Southern California or New York City or some other place, but they can still get involved and work and do what they love. I want to talk about a special vehicle story with you, Sharon. One car that stands out from your past, maybe it's a current car that you really loved. Tell us a little story. And what was that vehicle? You know, the car that I can't help but talk about is the car I have now. I found it a year ago. In February, actually, of this year, I think it was. Sorry. It was in February of this year. I was I was going to Eustis, Florida for the Florida Antique and Toy Show. It's, it's kind of a little do-nothing town in, in Florida. And uh, I happened to mention to one of my clients who I saw was from Eustis. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be up there for the show. And he says, oh, come by and see me. He does dry ice cleaning, you know, for oh, yes. like the other yeah. side of it. Yeah. yeah, it's Dryce Nation. Anyway, I said, you know, I've, I'm going to this toy show. And he goes, yeah, I know about that. And I said, yeah, I'll be, you know, listen, I'll stop by and see you. My Mini Cooper is going to be packed. And he says, oh, what do you hear about my Mini Cooper? And I said, what do you got? And he starts telling me. And I swear he was two sentences in. And I'm going, can I buy it? I really want that car. Can I buy that car? <laughs> and I ended up buying it. It's the short story. So it's, it's a 2013 Mini Cooper Clubman panel van. Oh, fun. Yeah. Oh, they're great. They're great. Um, and it's, it's the same as the Mini Cooper Clubman, but it's a panel van. There's no seats and it's got a cage. It's perfect for somebody that owns a magazine. I stick all my magazines and all my crap back there. And it's a one of 50. Oh, wow. So, oh, my gosh. There was a chicken tax in the UK, which started this whole thing. It's all about the chicken tax. Um, so the USA retaliated by having a van tax and Mini Cooper didn't figure that out until 50 of them were over here. Uh. Um, so that was all that made it. So it's one of 50. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's teal of all colors. And he told me, he said, I've already given it to my son. And I'm thinking it's teal and it's a Mini Cooper. His son doesn't really want that car. <laughs> uh, you're a sales lady, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, really want that car and he's like well his lease was up so i gave it i'm like yeah he doesn't really want that car so they sold it to me and they were really wonderful about it and of course the engine is spotless they cleaned it (laughs) you know it's like five grand to have that done to have the dry ice cleaning on the engine so as this beautiful teal mini cooper with only twenty one thousand miles on it um and it drives great it's great for going to shows and had it worked on the other day and you know it's still under warranty I, it's crazy this a 2013 this is still is under great. warranty wow yes wow. I, who knew i went to michigan for something and a light came on and they ended up having to replace the thermostat and an airbag and you know they told me it's going to be so much for the service call 180 bucks i got there and they're like you know it was still under warranty i'm like you're Lucky. kidding me <laughs> yeah 
score. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't ask how that was possible. I was afraid if I asked that it wouldn't be under warranty any longer. I'll, yeah, like, let yeah. that dog. Let that dog lie. Uh, sometimes right. the best way to do. We've had too many Coopers in our family. We bought our daughter one when she was just starting to drive, and that car took her through high school and college. And then when she graduated from college, we bought her another one, and she had that one for eleven years. And sadly, last year had a little encounter with a Range Rover and she lost that Aww. encounter. Luckily, she was okay because she was uh, about a month away from giving birth to our grandson. But um, anyway, sadly, um, Elliot too was that car's name. The first one was named Elliot. And uh, from the, the British dancing show, uh, Billy Elliot, the movie about the young boy who uh, became a dancer. And she loved that because my daughter was a dancer. So the first car was named Elliot. And the second one was Elliot too. So <laughs> there you go. But Aww. Elliot too uh, ended up uh, I think the car actually wasn't totaled out. Uh, ended up the insurance company sold it off to somebody, and I'll bet you it was fixed because the car was in such great shape that uh, somebody probably just replaced the hood that that Range Rover drove over the top of, and uh, maybe a few well, I thought so, she was okay. Yes, that's, that's the most important. Thing. You know, they're the safest small car on the road. They they have all kinds of. They got like six airbags. They're they're yeah. really super safe. Yeah, you turn into a marshmallow inside if you get get hit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, her her airbags didn't even go off. This was a very low speed deal, but uh, at any rate, uh, yeah, they're fun little cars. I got to drive that one oh. uh, back. Drive drove her back and forth to college in that car, uh, fourteen hundred miles each way. It was uh, a lot more fun to drive than I thought it would be for that long of a trip. It was. Oh delightful. my gosh! Yeah, they are so much fun. And my favorite. Listen, I hate driving down the interstate with you know. It's nice, beautiful, sunny day, and you're on 95 driving for mile after mile. Give me a two-lane, curvy, hilly road <laughs> and have it just pouring, and I'm happy. You're happy. Um, yeah. You're a driver. Yeah, oh, and the, the Mini Coopers, well, have you ever heard of Rain-X? you know what Rain-X is? Oh, yes, of course. Okay, so if you've got Rain-X on your windshield, you can see. So, I mean, I was outside of Dahlonega not too awfully long ago and it was pouring and there was a motorcycle, you know, they call them Pratt's Rockets, right? It's not a Harley. It's just one of those really go fast bikes. And the guy who had to be doing 65 on this crazy, hilly, curvy road had, you know, laying flat on the bike. I'm like, yep, I'm sticking with him. We, <laughs> we must have at least for 40 minutes just gone balls to the wall in the storm. It wow. was absolutely a riot. I loved it. Well, Loved it. It's now I know a, why Alan is always afraid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, I would never do that with anybody else in the car. But God, what a ride. Fun they, I mean, you yeah. live for that. Yeah. You live for moments like that in your car. And then the Mini Coopers, they just, they're like little go-karts. They're very, they're just snug to the ground. They, they won't flip that I can imagine that you could even get them to flip. They're just really snug to the ground. And you seem like you're going faster than you are because you've got this huge speedometer, and it makes a lot of road noise, which, you know, some people don't like that. I love it. It's an experience. Yeah, fun little rides. Well, I'm going to be a car psychologist. Crawl into your head a little bit here, Sharon. If you were reincarnated as a vehicle, what would you be and why? <laughs> Well, I'm going to be my 2013 Mini Cooper Club. I, I kind of thought so, <laughs> with all the love you've given this car. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. do. Uh, we just had a hurricane, and I almost cried because it was here at 
well, here in Alabama, you don't know I'm in, I'm in Alabama. We had a hurricane in Florida and all of our vehicles happened to be in Alabama. And I was so grateful. I mean, I was grateful we were here, but I was really grateful my Mini Cooper was here. Oh, for sure. I, I, I wonder how many cars were flooded in Florida. I mean, it had to be thousands, maybe tens of thousands of cars that were lost to that hurricane, Ian. Um, yeah, because the last thing you want to ever buy is a car that's been in a flood of any kind. Yeah, yeah. Well, the bottom line is it's fast, it's cute, and it's fun to tell to drive. <laughs> Just like you. Fast and cute. So, <laughs> there you go. I love it. I, I mean, how could you not love it, right? Yeah, yeah they're great. They're great little cars. Yeah. I think they really have become a cult car for a lot of people, the clubs that people are in. I mean, the joy that those cars, they are really, really fun little cars to drive, for sure. So I want to talk about books for a moment, uh, since you publish a magazine. Is there a great book you'd like to share with us? You know, Mark, I'd love to speak eloquently about a wonderfully educational book here, but I really only read for fiction and for fun. That's okay. We like fiction books here. Well, and I I do have a love for car-related fiction books. And at the top of my list was The Art of Racing in the Rain. Oh, yeah. Clive Cutler, you know, he always puts in simplex trains and just crazy, really old, early stuff in his books. And, of course, Burt Levy's series of books. Oh, gosh, yeah. They're absolutely brilliant. And then there's all the collectible books. We, our writer, our writer is Nathan Chadwick. He's, he's out of England. And I honestly hate book reviews, but he's funny. Um, and I'll read his book reviews because somehow he'll compare Lamborghinis to Twinkies and it'll just work. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, I mean... That's all I got. I mean, no, I that's, really that's don't. A, I tell you, you mentioned Burt Levy. He's been a guest several times on this show. His entire series of all his books, that guy can write. Holy cow. Uh, absolutely incredible. And Gar Stein, Art of Racing in the Rain, he's been on the show. Uh, that's the most, that book and A.J. Bames Go Like Hell. Those are the two most recommended books here. And I've got a place on my website called Guest Recommended Books. Over 2,500 books are listed there with links how to buy them. But uh, sure. yeah. They're they're all super great. So we're going to go on the ultimate drive before I let you go today. I'm going to enable you to jump in any car. I'm going to park it in your garage. You can go anywhere and you can take anybody, even somebody who is no longer with us, which opens up the world of unique rides. So Alan can stay home and be safe and you can drive anything you want and take anybody you want with you. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you, Sharon? You know, I woke up thinking about that question this morning. <laughs> well, good. Um, I, I really had a hard time coming up with something. And then I remembered this amazing car I ran across at the Cavalino Sports Classic at Mar-a-Lago in 2014. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a beautiful little Aston Martin race car from 1925. A 1.5 liter twin cam, 16 valve Grand Prix race car. So what's different about it is the seat or the seating arrangement. So there's a, a seat, and then next to it, there's a little more seat. So there's room for a driver, and right next to the driver sits a mechanic. I would want to be that mechanic. <laughs> um, and and on the dash, there's a button for fuel pressure, three buttons to maintain the oil flow, flow and that mechanic is in charge of all those buttons, and there's knobs on the floor, and there's just all the stuff that you've got to deal with. So I want to be the mechanic and I want to be driving in the Millimilla in the late 
1920s, maybe even early 30s. Wow. And the guy that drove the car and is known for driving that car was Captain George Easton. He was a World War I hero, so I'm going to go with him wow. um, because I want to race. I don't want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we break down. I think we'd sweat and curse and figure it out. We'd get back on the road and we'd break down again and strangers would help us. And, yeah, you know, adventure. there'd be a part they just happened to have and we'd get on the road again and we'd just barely finish the race and we'd be exhausted and laughing and talking about our breakdowns and our new friends and who helped us and what happened. And we'd be covered in dirt and oil and grease and it would just be the best adventure in a great day. Well, there is a unique answer to that question that I've never heard. So nicely done. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> Don't you want to go? I mean, doesn't yeah. that just sound like a wonderful day? I Yeah. Sounds so. fantastic. I did get to go on a tour, part of the Ironstone Concord in 1917 Indy race car, you know, similar type car. The guy driving raced that car. He's actually been a guest on the show. But uh, yeah, those cars are so different. I mean, incredibly different experience you do experience a road so nicely done nicely done well you've taken us on a wonderful adventure today i kind of thought that you would and before i let you go could you share some words of wisdom inspiration a mantra or a success quote okay do i only get one or can i give them all to you <laughs> well how many are all <laughs> i have i have three i'll take three okay two are from my husband who i mentioned earlier he, he just really has these sayings about life. So the first one is, poor planning on your part doesn't constitute an emergency on mine. I love it. Now, I've used this not often and not always to somebody that's receptive, but it's really all about asking other people to respect your time. It's the only thing we have, and there's only so much of it, and then it's gone. So right. I have used it. it. You have to be pretty careful. But, um, but okay, the second one is pigs go to the trough. Hogs go to slaughter. Yeah. It just means don't get greedy. <clears throat> My version of that is pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. And it is so true. Um, I could tell you some stories where people have gotten greedy and it just hasn't worked out. Nope, so rarely does. And then my last one here is something I keep on my wall. And I, I picked it up from Louise Penny, um, an author. The saying is, is it kind? Is it true? And does it really need to be said? Nah. How poignant is that? I, I really try when somebody's made me angry or, you know, I try to really look at that, think about it before I open my mouth and say something that, you know, if it doesn't tick all the boxes. And I think that particular thing has saved me countless times from sticking my big foot right in my mouth. You know, it's uh, it's akin to one my mom used to say is, um, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Um, right. Louise Penny does more eloquently with that one. I think you're right. Absolutely. And, and it works really well in these days with the uh, the anger and vitriol in social media. Um, you know, people get to be uh, brave behind the keyboard and end up saying things they probably regret or they would never say in person. So it's a great thing to remember and a great thing to live your life by. How can people learn more about your business and Automobilia Magazine? Sure. So, you know, we do all the things that good media should. We have a website, automobiliaresource.com. And we're on Facebook under Automobile Resource, and we're under Instagram. And then, of course, you can, if you want to subscribe, we've got a phone number for subscribing of 224 558 
888-888-8955, or everyone is always welcome to call me. Um, I'm happy to help with advertising and marketing or um, anything along that line. So 954-579-5280. And if you have editorial ideas, just submit them to editor at automobileresource.com and that'll get right to Marshall. And he, you know, I probably didn't talk enough about him, but he really leads the ship. He's got a really good sense of direction for where we should be going. And he's a good good partner in crime, so to speak. Um, we work we work well together. The, the assets that we both have are what was needed to get this publication started and continued. And the team that we put together just absolutely makes it. There you go. And if you listeners missed my talk with Marshall, you can go back and find him on the Cars Yeah website. I'll put all these references and resources that Sharon has shared on her Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Sharon Sperlin. S-P-U-R-L-I-N, and you will find everything right there. Great resources. Sharon, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and sharing your life with us. I finally got you, and I'm really appreciative of that. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Okay. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the U.S. are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young men and women to consider these viable career paths. Cars Yeah knows that women make great techs. I've interviewed a lot of them, so we support the nonprofit Tech Force Foundation and its Women Tech Rocks initiative to ensure women see themselves in this profession, the industry, and the workforce. Learn more at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.